It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here. And to start the podcast, let me announce that on a regular basis, twice a week, we will be talking to our current guest, former NFL quarterback and former Minnesota Viking, Sage Rosenfeld. Sage, how are you? I'm doing great. Excited to uh, be on your show this year and uh, excited to get started in in a great Vikings win to start the 2018 season. I am sure that our podcast listener nerds are really thrilled to have a former quarterback because they know that on this podcast, we are obsessed with quarterbacks, especially now you are a starter and a backup, but especially guys who were backup quarterbacks. At one point, Sage, on this podcast, we were reading Cade McNown's entire Wikipedia. So that's how much we love quarterbacks on this podcast. (laughs) Well, and you must be a crazy person. Uh, one of my first ever Bears games I actually went to was uh, was a Cade McNown starting uh, Bears game, I believe, against Charlie Batch and the Detroit Lions, Man, Charlie Batch. circa nineteen ninety nine or two thousand, something like that. Yes, you. Yes, yes. I I want that. Uh, I know that um, my one of my friends who likes to go back and look through YouTube games that we have run on to games where Rodney Pete is starting for the Lions and then the next game is like uh, Gus Farratt. Gus, yeah, Gus Farratt. Yes, yes. I interviewed Gus Farratt once too. So this is a this is a quarterback obsessed podcast. We're very thrilled to have you. And I think there's nobody better, Sage, than you to break down Kirk Cousins' debut. Now, let's start with the big picture first. He did the thing that he was supposed to do in get a win. And and when I look at Kirk Cousins for this season and how we're going to evaluate him, I don't think that Vikings fans are even going to look at the stat sheet after games. I think all they care about is getting a win. But why don't you give me the sort of the big picture view from you on, on what he did yesterday? Well, the big picture is, and you're correct, it's all about the wins. You know, whether his stats are great or not great, does that really matter for Vikings fans, how many wins he gets? But And I will say this also. You know, Case Keenum and the crew, they won 13 games last year, regular season games. I just simply don't expect that out of the Vikings this year. It has nothing to do with really Kirk Cousins. Uh, it just to win 13 football games, unless you have, uh, you know, Peyton Manning in his prime and, and uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers and, 
uh, uh, Tom Brady, those types of guys who just always seem to you know win 12 to 14 games every year. It's really, really hard for that to happen. So I don't. And we'll see as the season progresses here. And even if Kirk Cousins plays just absolutely fantastic Pro Bowl football, the ball has to bounce the right way. You know, here and there, you have to get timely turnovers by your defense, you know, to stop a team coming back. Uh, you know, it's just hard to win 13 games, no matter how talented your defense is, no matter how good your quarterback is. It's just rare that that happens. And so I don't expect the Vikings to repeat last year's performance regular season. Now, I do think they have a chance to go all the way to the Super Bowl and possibly even win it. But, uh, you know, the, the, for me, the key is you got to get in the playoffs. And uh, I do think this Vikings roster is better then last year's roster all around, I love the addition of Sheldon Richardson. I like the addition, obviously, of Kirk Cousins. But, uh, you know, you just have to sort of grind through this regular season. And so far, all is good with the 1-0 Vikings team. Yeah, the uh, addition of Sheldon Richardson certainly showed up yesterday. He was a monster on the inside. With, uh, with Cousins, uh, uh, one thing we talked about throughout the entire offseason was that he's a quarterback who can throw the ball a lot better than Case Keenum can. It's just simply his arm strength and his accuracy. And I thought that his accuracy especially showed up down the field on, on a couple of plays, but most specifically the Stefan Diggs touchdown where he drops the ball in the bucket. From your perspective, how difficult of a throw is that? And what do you see when you watch Kirk Cousins throw the ball mechanically? Well, yeah, he's got a very, very sort of fluid and simple throwing motion. You know, my, my he's, he is very accurate. And by the way, this is something that Vikings fans, I'm sure, are well aware of and have to keep an eye on all year. The one thing that Cousins has struggled with in the past is red zone turnovers, red zone, you know, interceptions. He's also been on football teams where he was, he had to go out and score a lot of points. He had to go out and score touchdowns, and that never settled for field goals when he was with Washington in his past years. He's in a different situation now, so he mentally has to be probably a little bit more conservative, not as aggressive trying to force the ball in the end zone. The, the touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs yesterday was an absolutely perfect drop in the bucket. You draw it up just like that. It was a great route by Diggs to get – just barely over the top and, and cousins put it in there. Uh, so that was a, that was a perfect throw. He did miss another throw. I think it was a little bit behind a little bit later in the game, uh, you know, in the red zone. I think that, that could have been a touchdown, but you know, he did enough yesterday. He was a good, accurate quality quarterback. Was he better than what case Keenum could have done uh, yesterday? I don't know. I, I think they, you know, case would have probably played similar in that game. The biggest difference I think in the two, players is is one cousins definitely has a stronger arm mm -hmm. you're going to see more shot plays down the field uh, especially the way the vikings run the football well you're going to hopefully see some play action where they really take some shots on some deep you know 55 yard even 60 yard th uh, post throws the case Keenum doesn't have that type of arm he just doesn't but what case does have He's a little bit more athletic in and around the pocket. He's a better scrambler, guy that can create a little bit more than Kirk. They're just two different you know, players, but Kirk does have the stronger arm. He does have the more experience, hopefully better decision-making uh, than Case Keenan. But you're going to you sort of miss out on some of that athletic ability. You, you saw it yesterday with Jimmy Garoppolo. That touchdown pass he threw was like a wow play. Like, wow. I mean, he spins out of the pocket. He rolls to his left, falls away, and drops a dime. 
you're not going to see Kirk Cousins do that very often. He's just that not he's just not that type of player. Uh, and uh, so Viking fans got to realize that the guy maybe making twenty eight million dollars a year, but doesn't mean that he, you know, is a is a Superman like an Aaron Rodgers or a couple of plays you see Jimmy Garoppolo make uh, yesterday. But he did a really nice job uh, in sort of classic Vikings fashion from last year. They got the lead. They just sort of you know stayed on uh, the San Francisco 49ers. You know the quarterback did his job, made enough plays. The defense did their job, came with you know some some turnovers there uh, in, in the second half, and, and and pulled out a win, an eight point win. It sounds really just like a your sort of factory uh, uh, a win from uh, you know twenty seventeen, now copied in twenty eighteen. Yeah, I definitely felt that way, and that was my column after the game was if they're gonna be as good as Vikings fans hope they can be this year and go deep. That a lot of times it's gonna have to be relying on the defense creating turnovers, getting a couple of bounces because when you look at their schedule as you alluded to earlier I mean you've got all sorts of great quarterbacks and and great teams that they're going to face and you're still going to have to have that defensive element and I wonder if Kirk after the game went home and thought about it for a few minutes and said you know I haven't really seen a defensive performance like that too often uh, when I played in Washington where they get four key turnovers and a pick six helps out and is a is a major difference in the game uh when you talk Kirk's gonna have to have like a and he's such a thinker, you know, he's a guy that is constantly thinking. I, and I really do believe, you know, about himself, about his role, the team, about what he has to do. You know, I think he's a big picture guy at all times, but then really loves getting into the fine details of, of his job. But, you know, yeah, he is on a different football team than past years, you know, in a sense, less is expected of him. Uh, but sometimes that means more is expected in a sense of the responsibility of having to play the situations, you know, correctly. And, and he does have this really, really good defense that he didn't have in the past. But that also means that there's going to be games where, you know, when it might be an Aaron Rodgers football game or when they play the L.A. Rams, where despite the fact that Vikings have a very good defense, sometimes you have other offenses that just get hot. You saw it in that championship game last year with the Philadelphia Eagles. There's going to be games where, you know, Kirk, you're going to have to go out there and score 38 points for us this week to, to, you know, to beat this offense that is sort of humiliating our defense. That might happen a time or two this year. Uh, the Vikings are hoping that Kirk Cousins is that guy, that Case Keenum, couldn't do that in, in past years or, or last year, bring them back or sort of keep up with the other offense. It may not happen very much this year, but even if it's two or three or four times where the Vikes are hoping that Kirk Cousins is the guy that can match firepower for firepower with another team's offense. Now, I think because of that, because they do face so many good teams, that we will be talking about situational football quite a bit. And as good as Cousins played yesterday and made some big-time throws – I also thought that there were some reasons to question some of the situational things. I mean, the the end of the first half where he dumps the ball to Delvin Cook for a six-yard loss and a bunch of clock runs off. And then there was another play where he threw a dropped what could have been a pick six uh, by the 49ers where he just kind of slung it out into the flat there. That There were some times where, and, and this is what you see when you go back and watch his career in D.C., that they were playing in a lot of shootouts, but sometimes if you were talking about two-minute drill, it's something that they even struggled with in training camp and sometimes in the preseason where I, I thought that maybe he overthought. You mentioned that he's a thinker, but it feels like sometimes he is out there a little overthinking where I didn't have that same sense from Case Keenum or, or Teddy Bridgewater. 
Yeah, and and, and again, Case was sort of a gunslinger by by nature. You know, he was at the University of Houston, or I always say, you know, you go back to your a college player's roots. You know, and, and his roots. You know, Case Keenum, he threw for like forty four touchdown passes. You know, every year in Houston, they throw fifty fifty five times a game, and so. At you know, at his roots, he was a gunslinger, uh, you know, and I think Kirk has has become that. You know, he wasn't that at Michigan State; he wasn't really trained that way specifically. But because Washington, a lot of times, was behind or in these shootouts the last few years, he has become that. So you know, the game gets really uh, into sort of the fine details when you're talking about end of half, two minute drills, as, as you said. You know, there was a couple situations yesterday, and, and even I think it was the the second to last play. Uh, of the two minute drill yesterday and i think they end up calling timeout before that where you know he 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 passes for this little short shallow crossing route gains three yards mm-hmm. you know yep. they, they, didn't, they didn't need that three yards you know it was it wasn't towards the sideline it was near the hashes you know that there's really no that, that that play really does you no good right so you have to throw the football down the field a little bit or just throw the ball out of bounds and not have that clock running. So, you know, this is a work in progress. It, by the way, it's not all on Kirk Cousins. I mean, I think when we discuss uh, the, the Vikings offense or the whole Vikings team this year, then we get down to the offense and down to the quarterbacks. We also got to discuss the coaching and John D. Filippo. I mean, that's a, that's obviously a major change from the past years. This is, you know, his, uh, you know, this is his offense and everything that happens is you know, at the end of the day, it sort of comes down to the quarterback and to the offensive coordinator of who's responsible, you know? So uh, I think that's going to be a major part of this conversation too. That may not have all been on Kirk Cousins. That may have been on, uh, you know, the offense coordinator just as much. You had to do that a number of times in your career where you had to switch offensive coordinators or change teams or go to a new place and learn a new offense. What type of challenge is that? Oh, it's huge. I mean, I it's I think at, at the time it was a sort of a weakness because it's hard uh, to you know there you have all these languages and sometimes they overlap a little bit and sometimes they're completely different. Uh, you know, teams can can use the word let's just say the word drive. Well, the word drive uh, is a route combination in the West Coast offense, but it's a run play uh, in the with what was the New York Giants offense when hmm. I played for them. So those things start to overlap and confuse you a little bit. And, uh, you know, just how, you know, some coaches want to read a certain play high to low and other teams that's low to high and, and all and finding those fine details. So, yeah, it can be a, a very much a challenge that a lot of times takes a full year to really feel comfortable with it. You almost you know feel like Kirk Cousins probably has to go through this entire season. And as he's learned this offense and, and, and you know, this offseason and training camp and now during the season and then have that full year. Uh, really the offseason to sort of, you know, sit on it and really have that offense sort of become a part of you. Uh, and I think that's the same with the offensive coordinator. You know, what is what is Kirk Cousins? What is the what is the offensive players do? You know, this is his first time really actually coaching, you know, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, you know, all these players to really get a feel how they play in game situations and, and, you know, who are the clutch players, who are the guys who can really go up and get it, how you put your guys in the best situation. So, is as much as we we all sort of think of the Vikings are one of the best teams in the NFL. You're dealing with a new quarterback who's new to his teammates. You're dealing with a new offensive coordinator who's new to the entire team, and that there is a learning curve there. And, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how quickly 
they uh, you know are all on the same page as the season progresses. Yeah, I was wondering about that with the chemistry with the wide receivers. I mean, Diggs and Thielen, as we saw yesterday, are just so spectacular. E- even when I looked closely at the Diggs touchdown pass, the defender does seem to touch it at the very end, and it just doesn't make a difference because Diggs drags it in. And then there's another throw that is off target to Adam Thielen where he has to reach way back. And, and for him, he, it looks routine, but every other wide receiver, that's not an easy catch at all. So these guys, as we saw last year, will make up for some of the issues if there are any. Um, but how long do you expect it to take before in real games they truly are on the same page with the wide receivers and Kirk Cousins? Well, you, you could see some some definite positives yesterday. I, I'll tell you this: uh, I believe Adam Thielen's going to be sort of the go-to guy, uh, in particular on third downs. The nice thing about Thielen is he's an outside wide receiver that can do all the things on the outside. He's not a burner, so you're not going to put him on a ton of deep go routes or deep post routes to take the, take off the top coverage. But he's such a good possession receiver on the outside. And what I think is what we're going to see is we're going to see a ton of Adam Thielen in the slot, yes. you know, on third down. You can already tell, and Case Keenum had the same thing with Thielen. It shows it's that the value of a quarterback who truly understands how to get separation, understands coverages, understands timing, just sort of a natural thing that Thielen has. And Case had it with him. You can already see it. Kirk Cousins has it with him. They're just on the same page. You know, Thielen just, he is where he needs to be. Uh, he understands sort of the timing of the quarterback when I need to you know come out of my break because I, I bet you Kirk Cousins got to get, get, he has to get rid of the ball soon. Uh, so you can already tell that on third down, uh, the stuff in the slot, the tight throw, uh, he and Adam Thielen are very much on the same page, and that's a good sign for Vikings fans. Yeah, you saw a lot of that yesterday. You saw the the slot fade, which uh, the Philadelphia Eagles love to use uh, from Thielen. It didn't hit, but that's a play I would expect to see where uh, basically Laquan Treadwell doesn't move off the line of scrimmage, and then you know Adam Thielen you know runs a, runs a deep route there. So I would expect some of that for him running even deep out of the slot. If you could be vertical out of the slot, I, I think that that adds a whole nother dynamic to it and then sage it seems like anytime he runs a slant if they give him any cushion at all he's just wide open that's right you know the, the slant route especially from the slot is one of those you know there, there's a lot of uh sort of leeway within that that within that route you, know, you sort of have as a quarterback you have to let the receiver give him a little time to win you know the defender could be outside technique could be inside technique and you got to find a way to get across his place and you also have to uh, you know, know where to put the ball. I mean, you're dealing with really tight quarters in there in the slot. You're running slants on the inside. You got safeties over the top. You got linebackers, you know, inside out on those those slot receivers. And so that's a that's a route that takes uh, a lot of time and practice and and work together. And as I said, we saw it a couple times yesterday. I think I think he hit at least two sort of slants from that slot position. But th- that's a huge spot in particular on third downs. That's where you bring in your your nickel. Uh, you know, your nickel will, as they like to call it, your sort of your third or even your fourth uh, cornerback. That's where the Vikings can get an advantage with Adam Phelan, who's, you know, a very, very good starter, very crafty with his route running to get an advantage on the third or fourth corner of another of another team. So before I move on, I want to ask you one more thing about Aaron Rodgers. But give me your grade on Kirk Cousins for his debut. I give him a B. I give him a B. Solid you know, he B. Wasn't, yeah, solid B. You know, nothing wrong with Bs. All right, you get some Bs, you get some A's, you got a 3.5, and you're getting to a nice college, right? So, you know, I think a solid B yesterday. 
and uh, he didn't have to play a football. I think he understands he doesn't have to play fo- a football. And I think that, you know, as us as analysts, we have to, you know, come into this thing looking at, you know, look, looking at Kirk Cousins is, and, and, and you have to take the money away from it. You know, yes, he's getting paid a lot of money, but that's just, that's supply and demand. That's sort of capitalism uh, in, in, in football. And so he was paid ba- based off of the supply. There weren't other quarterbacks out there. You know, is he a, is he a top five quarterback in the league? No. Is he paid like one? Yes. But uh, we, we have to come out and figure out what, what we expect of Kirk Cousins. And that's to take care of the football. Uh, to execute on third downs, maybe make a big play or two during the football game. Uh, but, uh, you know, as I said, all it really matters is he has to play quality football and uh, and for the Vikings to win. So he did his job yesterday. Uh, he got a B. Uh, he can play better. Uh, he can definitely play worse. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he's going to have to sort of feel his way through the season. You know, who are they playing? How's their defense playing against the other team? And, you know, usually when you have a lead like the Vikings have yesterday, it's hard to play a football. You know, you're playing a little more conservative. You're going to take fewer chances. And uh, it's not going to always look as great if you're behind. Man, you're slinging it all over the field. And you can look great sometimes. Uh, but Kirk Cousins is just not going to be in one of those situations for the most part throughout 2018 okay i i'm very good with your with your b grade and i think the biggest thing was him not turning the ball over that was something that was a a, an issue at times in washington where he was at the top of the league in fumbles over the last couple of years and to not have any fumbles even though he faced pressure to not have any interceptions that was his biggest win because on the other side they were turning the ball over pretty consistently um but before we go sage let me just ask you about that freak show Aaron Rodgers and and what he did last night against Chicago Uh, when you as a former quarterback watch that do you just go how man I mean how does he do it is that like is that like a baseball player who's really good but then watches Barry Bonds hit at 700 feet and he's like come on man yeah, well, you know, I, I study quarterbacks for a living, and we, I train them, and and you know, study throwing motions and the way Tom Brady throws and shoot the way Kirk Cousins throws. But Aaron Rodgers has a very specific the w- way he throws the football and how he generates so much power. Uh, you know, it starts off with his lower body, and then the way he twists it, and the way he can just generate so much speed and power with his upper body. Obviously, yesterday he was playing with you know one leg basically, but. He's probably the only guy in the league that just can generate so much whip and so much power to still throw the ball 20, 25, uh, you know, shoot 40 yards down the field. Uh, he threw that he threw that go route yesterday for probably almost 50 yards down the field on, on one leg. It's just absolutely incredible. He's got huge hands, which creates a lot of uh, spin uh, on the ball, helps it uh, fly even further through the air. Um, he's the best there is in the game. Uh, he's got, I think, probably the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the NFL as far as when he's, you know, got to really you know, step on the gas. He can do it better than anybody. Yeah, we saw a, uh, a, a absolutely spectacular performance yesterday by the Green Bay Packers and by Aaron Rodgers, and and we all thought that Bears game was over. We thought, hey, tell you what, the, the, the Packers are probably out of the NFC North race. Might be a Bears. Uh, the Bears might not might might be included now. They're looking really good. They got Khalil Mack and Trubisky's looking better. Uh, and sure enough, the Bears do what the Bears have been. And and uh, and Aaron Rodgers was was a magician last night. But also, if you're up by three at the end of a game and you have one yard to go, and then you don't have to give Aaron Rodgers the ball back, just go for it. Just get the yard. 
Don't go up by six, then he's going to score a touchdown. It was like the most predictable thing ever. (laughs) It was, and I actually always say there's times where uh, I would rather be up three on a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady than six. If it's six, they know they have to score a touchdown. If it's three, they might get a little more conservative once they get the ball you know, to your red zone and and end up just sort of, all right, we got a a field goal to tie, we'll go into overtime. So sometimes I'd rather be up three than up six against a guy like Aaron Rodgers or or Tom Brady. If you've ever heard of or toyed around with win probability, it actually you have a higher win probability at that moment being up by three, even if you turn the ball over and them having to drive the whole field than you do by six. Exactly what you're saying, because most teams have the mentality of like, well, let's get into field goal position, and then they get conservative, and then you still have a chance to win. Uh, But I was just tearing my hair out that – this is a coach who's supposed to be aggressive and he's supposed to be young and innovative, but yet it seems that he sort of copy and pasted some of the game management from Andy Reid. Well, and they got Jordan Howard or who you know right. really played well yesterday. I mean, he's, he's like the perfect back. He's probably, a, I would say in those situations to me, uh, you know, looks like probably one of the five to seven backs that I was like, Hey, we got big Howard. Let's give to him for a yard, you know? So it, it's, it can be really hard to pick up one yard, but I would rather do that uh, than try to throw the ball, uh, you know, with my young quarterback to just pick up that, that one yard. And they had been run the ball pretty dang well. That, mm-hmm. That's that's a, a topic of conversation for another time. But, you know, the Packers defense did not look great last night. And definitely against the run, there were some, some nice runs that the Chicago Bears had throughout Sunday night. All right, Sage. Awesome stuff. Great debut for you and Kirk Cousins. I'll give you a solid B. I'll say it's a B. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it first time. <laughs> well, the good thing is I got a good defense. I got, you know, I got a good partner on the other side. So, you know, I sometimes I just have to play B football uh, to pull out the win. That, exactly. Exactly. Re- rely on uh, the, the best side of the ball, which is me. I'm the defense. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Well, Sage, looking forward to an entire season of talking football with you. I can't wait to have some specific episodes where you just explain throwing mechanics or you explain reads at the line of scrimmage and all this stuff. I, I can't wait for all the things that you can use your giant football brain to teach our audience. So awesome stuff. And you will be on a couple times a week throughout the whole season. So people can look forward to that. And thank you all, as always, for listening to this episode of the Purple Podcast.